everybody, it's Tuesday, Tuesday in July. Oh, what's up everybody, it's Tuesday, Tuesday in mid-July. Hello everybody, episode 105 of my podcast, Coffee with Me Craig. Uh, I am drinking out of a bespoke ceramic mug that my wife made me. It's her first mug and she's got some skills, that girl. Um, So out of a bespoke mug, I drink some beloved coffee. Years ago, in the 90s, when I was on the road, 220 days a year with the band Everything, our brother, Nathan Brown, the drummer, my brother, your brother, we had a love of coffee. And I remember one morning waking up on the tour bus because you know you would leave after the gig and sleep all night and then wake up wherever you were going to be. And he made this pot of coffee that like the smell woke me up. And we had the greatest cup of coffee and I wrote a song about a hungover rooster um, trying to get a cup of coffee. And maybe one day I'll play it. Uh, but I just had that moment of memory, just the smell of coffee that I'm sharing with you. So let's start at the start. It is July the 11th here on the Outer Banks of North Carolina on the edge of America. It is warm and sticky and summery and lots of people here and storms and activities and fun and work. Uh, and we're cruising right now. So the first two weeks around July 4th, that that's just white knuckle down here. It was incredible. So where I live is incredible. I live on the edge of Jockey's Ridge State Park, the edge of the Nature Conservancy. So it's a huge maritime forest on the other side. It's like 1,500 acres. So it's quiet back here. Even when it's noisy, it's quiet. Um, but then the mid two weeks of July, there's like a, it, it, it like you crew, you know, you shit, you downshift a little bit, right? I mean, it's still summer, a ton of people, but there's just a less urgency. Um, and then we'll have a, a big uptick again towards the end of July into early August where you go into that, uh, Lamas period, right? August 2nd, 3rd, uh, which is part of the cross quarter days, which is like first harvest where the energy really starts to release towards autumn on some level. Um, and I'm not trying to get out of summer. It's still summer. Don't worry. Don't anticipate what's coming. Uh, and speaking of that, well, what a great accidental segue. Speaking of that, uh, today's topic is do your practice and all is coming. And I'm going to get to that in a second. It just felt so good after that last little phrase to tie it in, not to be too anticipatory. Um, music. We just had... A great sold-out show at the Tally Ho Theater in Leesburg, Virginia, uh, with Emmett Swimming and Killer Deluxe to raise money for Andy Waldeck, our brother, who uh, had heart surgery. Uh, we raised $12,000 for him, which was awesome. So thank you, everybody who came out. Um, it was a packed theater, and the AC did not work. So it was brutal conditions in there. Like hot, so hot, like ridiculous hot. It was ridiculous. And uh, that was a bummer that the AC did not work. However, sometimes the AC doesn't work and you just have to sweat it out. So that's what we did. Um, so I'm grateful to have played music with the bros again and have the family in the house. And for all the people who came, thank you. Uh, it was very special and very meaningful. I've never been to Leesburg before either. So it's a sweet little town. 
uh, in the exurbs of Washington, D.C., so right at the beginning of the rolling hills of the Blue Ridge. The other thing is I got a chance to see my buddy Hunt up in Woodville and to be up in those mountains where the band lived for a long time and to go out to Nethers at the base of Old Rag for a fire, and it was incredible to feel the forests of the Blue Ridge Mountains again, to hear the birds and to see the flowers and to look at the fresh wine berries. Wow. Like wine berries that just look like these little red explosions of like cosmic goodness coming off a bush. Like in the morning, see how bright red they are? I mean, it's like magic. It's almost like you can see through them. And as you look through them in the sunlight, it's like you're looking into another world, the world of the wine berry. So I'm super grateful for that. Um, and I'm just relishing in the goodness of my friendships. Uh, so that's always nice to feel. So back to the topic. Do your practice and all is coming. And it's a phrase uh, that has been handed down through the Ashtanga yoga community, if my memory serves me well, because I've been in that community at times. Uh, from Patabi Joyce, the man who uh, brought Ashtanga, modern Ashtanga yoga into being. And I learned about Ashtanga through Michelle Dorr here on the Outer Banks, and she connected me with David Williams, who was the dude who brought Ashtanga yoga to the West in the early 70s. So David was, um, for a while, the only person practicing the complete Ashtanga yoga syllabus. And he uh, kind of disappeared from the scene and only pr taught privately in Hawaii for almost two decades, I think, like a long time. Like he did yoga every day, and then he reemerged uh, teaching around the world. And he's really an incredible yogi. He's originally from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I highly encourage you, if you're a, a yogi, to go look at David Williams. He um, he really changed the Ashtanga practice for me. He changed the way I look at yoga. Um, really just a deep and beautiful person, you know? Because um, he's like, hey, you know, you do yoga because you want to feel good. You do yoga because you want to have energy. And because Ashtanga is a type A yoga, anybody, any Ashtangis out there will know what I'm talking about. He even addressed that. He said, hey, you know, if you're here, you're a type A, but I can tell you in this practice, if it hurts, you're hurting yourself. And it was such a powerful lesson, right? Because there's always that thing of no pain, no gain, which is true, but you got to figure out what's the resistance pain versus when are you injuring yourself? And even if you're hurting yourself in the short run, and then that hurt over time turns into injury. And that's interesting because that's a delineation I've heard when talking about um, when Navy SEALs go through training their buds training there's always a thing when you know somebody comes up hurt and the instructors say hey are you hurt or are you injured and the difference between like hurt you can carry on injured means like hey you've you've screwed yourself up and if you keep going it's only going to get worse so finding that line right and then if it hurts you're hurting yourself and then that's those little increments of like turning into an injury because you're not paying attention and you're just your brain is just pushing your body and that's tricky right because we look at the heroes saying, you know, you push past the pain and all of that. So that's, it's a tricky world. And we get to navigate that world and figure out what is right for us. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. So I have been training, I'm a certified yoga instructor and I trained uh, under Ann Howard. Ann Howard has been down here for about 25 years. And she recently moved back to her hometown of Barcelonette in the Southern Alps of France. So Anne was a French woman here on the beach who taught everybody. 
And I, I trained under her at Outer Banks Yoga, and uh, she remains my yoga teacher, my guru. And I do yoga with her on Zoom several times a week. And she is the best vinyasa teacher I've encountered. Uh, she walks the walk. Every practice she does is uniquely her. She's uniquely present. I've never once seen her phone something in. Uh, she's very old world in the sense that as a student, she will lift you up with divine motherly compassion when you need it. And she will tell you the truth like a thunderstorm when you need it. And I am grateful for that. And so for me having, you know, an L5 that was 11 millimeters herniated 10 years ago in my lower back that changed my world forever, me being 10 years sober, me being a creative, having a lot going on. Yoga has been an unbelievable tool in my toolkit. And my wife, Trisha, has been a very advanced practitioner of yoga. Like she had the kind of practice that people were like, oh, that practice, right? Just very athletic, very beautiful, very like just advanced. And I don't have that kind of a practice. Mine is much simpler. So I have to look for the subtleties in there. So I kind of hit the wall uh, earlier this year and I, I was struggling with my yoga practice and where to practice around here because, you know, I hadn't been going to the studios because of COVID and I just, you know, kind of got into my own groove of doing yoga and I had a coffee with on over Zoom and classic me, I lead with, hey, you know, on I've, I've been working hard for like the last 10 years, you know, 10 years of sobriety and I feel like things are coming to fruition and I'm like in this whole new thing and, and, uh, and she just was looked at me and she's like, Craig, I don't babysit. You were not working before and now things are in fruition. She's just like, you've been working the whole times and things have been coming up to fruition the whole time. And you just didn't like how you felt. So it did not feel good. So you didn't give it credence. But now when things are feeling good, you think it's coming to fruition. She's like, it's always coming to fruition and you're always doing the work. Sometimes it feels bad and sometimes it feels good. And I just was like, dang. <laughs> she said that it came to her to get babysat. And she was right because I, I do that a lot. Where it's like, okay, you know, I was doing all this stuff and that wasn't it. But now, like, I got it. This is it. This is the new thing, right? And that's part of being a songwriter. Like, look at this. This is the new work. This is the greatest jam ever, right? Whether or not it is or not, but you believe in it, right? And that's thinking that before it didn't count. And then I did all this work and now it, I got it, right? And it's like, that's not how it works. Like you, you do the work, you have the insights, you take on the wisdom and you do the work again. And, you know, and I said, hey, I'm struggling with my practice. I don't really have any teachers around here that I, I want to practice with. And she just said, hey, Craig, you know, you're in the lonely part of your yoga journey. And it really we both shed a tear because it's very an emotional thing to say and to hear because on has been walking that walk. And, and I realized like, yeah, I've been working so hard. And at some stage you're alone 
And when you start to open up doors of perception and making breakthroughs and sensitivities, and it's like, oh yeah, like the world, sometimes you're just like, man, this is such a, the more spiritual insight I get, the bigger the ocean seems and the more alone I am in it and the more hyper-connected. So it's a really strange feeling. And I realized, wow, she's so right. No wonder I'm struggling because it's me. I'm alone in my practice. And it's up to me to figure that out. And and she then said, hey, you know, I'm watching you on Zoom and you're like, I mean, in more words, but she basically said that I'm, you know, she's like, you're lazy and you're sandbagging. Like, pay attention. Pay attention to the slowness of the motion. Pay attention to the details that you're just not paying attention to. Like, you have a teacher, like I practice with her and I do the yoga. So bring myself to it, like rededicate myself to each breath, to each movement, to the details that are slow and a pain in the ass when your mind is working fast and you're trying to do something else and thinking about the phone and all that stuff. But that's not it. It's like one breath at a time, one move at a time. And... I have been doing that for the last two months and it's been incredible. And I realized like, okay, this is it. And one of the things too is I have felt, oh, every time I get on my mat, I'm using my physical body to do an active meditation. That's a prayer to the divine. It's a dedication. I dedicate it to the people around me. I dedicate it to my spirit, to a higher power. I dedicate it to people's suffering and it's interesting because, you know, in Western yoga, it's like, hey, think about someone to dedicate your practice to. And it gets kind of lost in the woo-woo, but it's like, you know, take it seriously. It's true. If you genuinely hold somebody in your heart while you're doing practice, it becomes meaningful. Um, and I realized, too, I was like, oh, this is important because, you know, we have this spiritual energy around us. And by doing yoga with real intention, I'm like, oh, I'm building sort of a an energy matrix around myself and in my body to create my own traveling nest of safety and stability, right? So it's like I'm literally kind of creating my own spiritual and energetic handholds for my own self to have a grip in this world. Because it's, you know, brain's weird. Like we're weird. The world is weird. So to stay grounded and present, I, I'm working on that practice to do that. And it's interesting to go back to the idea of do your practice and all is coming. And that's what's like, okay, this is what that is. It's like, it's, there's not some, oh, I got to go find a teacher. I got to do this. It's like, no, you go and you do yoga. And I've done yoga enough that I can just do yoga. And to pay attention and to make it a sacred act every single time, even if it's simple, then it has all of that power. And then that loneliness I have, I've built an energy array within myself and my psyche and my brain to order it towards a higher good and then I become the handhold and then if you attract that and you become that for other people and then there's less loneliness for yourself and other people there's that heart-to-heart connection which is something that I talk about a lot too um so that gentle reminder of like to your practice and all is coming which is sort of a mysterious statement I was like well what do you mean like what's coming am I winning the lottery maybe you know am I gonna die definitely is there gonna be tears you know it is there going to be love? Yes. So that's a little bit of what's going on. I've been grateful. I mean, there's a, with the practice, man, there's been these moments where I'm like, holy crap, these subtleties, like a little movement holding it where my brain just gets blown away because I'm like, crap, that little subtle thing that I'm holding with my breath 
has taken my mentality to the edge of what it can handle. And now it's like, oh, holy moly. Um, so super interesting. Uh, and that is probably what I have for today, Tuesday. I want you to have a beautiful day wherever you are, whoever you are, whenever you are. <laughs>